Hey, beautiful, and welcome to the Soulful Manifesting for Coaches podcast. I'm Gemma Bernad, intuitive business mindset coach, manifesting mentor, and all-round advocate for female coaches to make loads of money doing what they love. Join me for weekly podcast episodes where I share all the behind the scenes of starting and growing a multiple six-figure online coaching business in less than 18 months, my top tips for creating consistent cash and confidence, and where I interview incredible women doing amazing things in business and life. So whether you're just starting out in the coaching industry or you've been at it for years, if you have the desire to make more money, have a greater impact and create a life that feels ridiculously amazing, then there's something here for you. As I go deep into all things money, mindset, and manifesting in a way that just makes sense. I am so excited you're here. Let's dive in. Beautiful, and welcome to this week's episode of the Soulful Manifesting for Coaches podcast. I am super excited today because I am going to be giving you an incredible conversation with one of the most amazing coaches that I've had the pleasure of coming across in the online space. So you are going to love this episode if you, particularly if you are a coach or even someone starting out that is really client centric. So you are so focused on and driven by helping people, which we all are as coaches, um, but you know, that's the real drive and passion for you, then you're really going to relate to Melissa Lapides, who is an incredible coach over in the US that I have had the pleasure of connecting with. She is an integrative psychotherapist and also a trauma expert, and she supports coaches to deepen the work they do with clients. She's also phenomenal at educating people around becoming people, clients, other coaches around becoming trauma-informed, which is the work that I do with clients goes really, really deep. And I know that it is something I have had to do an immense amount of work around is being really informed and educated on how to hold space for clients that have experienced trauma in their past, whether that's big T trauma, so some of the um, more well-known forms of trauma, or whether that's even what we call little T trauma, which doesn't diminish the magnitude of that experience on someone, but it's that's the type of trauma that people don't necessarily, you know, in the wider space necessarily align with as being traumatic, but it absolutely is. And um, Melissa is very vocal and very strong-willed when it comes to the importance of being trauma-informed, and but she does it with such authenticity, with such sensitivity, which just goes to show why she is well-known as a trauma expert. So I connected with Melissa online earlier this year. And ever since then, I've just been in awe of her conviction um, in terms of standing up for what she believes is important in the coaching space. 
And she's got an incredible story as well. So many of us as coaches do. She's going to share with you in this episode her personal journey towards uncovering the power of somatic healing, which is mind and body, right? So important. Um, And she's also going to share her views on the coaching industry and what changes are a must for coaches to be in integrity with building a successful business. And you stick around to the end because as I said, if you're someone that is really driven by helping people, I know a lot of the work I do with clients, people that are really driven by helping people, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes, do have some resistance and feel very stretched when it comes to how to unionize helping people and making money. And Melissa, who is so driven by helping people, she's a very client-centric coach. Um, She has a really, really beautiful way of how she juxtaposes helping people and making money that I know is going to land really beautifully on your soul. I know you are going to love this conversation just as much as I loved chatting with Melissa. So enjoy it. And when you're done, I would love it so very much if you would head on over to Instagram, jump into Instagram stories and um, do a little short video or even just screenshot and tag both Melissa and myself. So me at Soulful Manifesting for Coaches, and you can also tag Melissa at Safe Trauma Healing. So enjoy this incredible episode and I can't wait to hear what you think. Hello, incredible women. Welcome to this episode of the podcast. I have a beautiful guest that is joining me today in the podcast studio. I always love when I get the opportunity to invite incredible women on here and get to share their story. And Melissa Lapidus is no different to that. We are connected all the way across continents. She's over in the States, you know, I'm like, you know, ladies, I'm here in the US. And that's what I love about having an online business that allows me to connect with incredible, inspiring and beautiful women like Melissa. So a huge welcome to the podcast, Melissa. Thank you so much for having me. You're very welcome. I'm really excited to share you with my community. Um, I know that they're going to be not only inspired, but empowered by you and your story and what it is that you're doing with a lot of other coaches and women out there as well. So let's dive straight in. Like, why don't you introduce yourself and tell my beautiful community who you are and what it is that you do? So my name is Melissa Lupitas, and my background is in integrative psychology. So I am a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I have come into the online space just a few years ago and started coaching coaches and Mm. supporting coaches to kind of deepen their practice with clients and feel really confident about getting into whatever needs to be supported in the deeper layers of the mindset of the trauma work of the healing work because coaches entrepreneurs um, they themselves need the support to support others and a lot of coaches actually um, you know they they come across a lot of trials and tribulations with their clients that they don't have the skill sets to really work with. And so my background in integrative psychology really helps um, coaches be able to go deeper with their clients. Mm, Which is so important, as you say. I mean, I know from the work that I do, it's so important that I come in um, 
you know, doing that healing work myself to be able to support my clients. It's absolutely so important. Tell me a little bit about what integrative psychology is because people are so, so familiar with the concept of psychology, but integrative psychology sounds a little bit different. So I'd love to, to hear a little bit more about what that specifically is. Yeah, so integrative psychology incorporates the mind-body-spirit connection. And so the school that I went to, it was a little tiny um, private school in San Francisco called the California Institute of Integral Studies. And it was started in the 1960s, um, founded by the philosophies of this yogi, right? And really talked about what's happening when we look at the psyche on a spiritual level, on a physical level, on a mental level, and the philosophy of integrative psychology is that we can't leave any of those out. So doing the mindset work without the spiritual and the somatic work is not complete, or doing the somatic work without the mindset work and the spiritual work is not complete. And so we need all of these pieces to really look at the information, assess, and then be able to do the healing work. And what I actually have seen in the coaching industry is there's a lot focused on the spiritual and the mm. mindset, mm. but we were missing the somatic piece. And that's where I came in to really start to educate and teach because honestly, you know, there's a lot of belief around mindset being the key to shift and transform into, you know, whatever it is that you want to change into. And the truth is trauma is stuck in the body, mm. not in the mind. And so mm. if we're missing that key element, we can't really make long-term sustainable change. We can make band-aid kind of short-term change, right? And a mm, lot of yep. these methodologies like do the short-term change where you're convincing yourself to think a different way, but you're not really embodied in that. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That connection between the mind-body. It's important and it's the missing link I know for so many people that I work with as well and it's such an important part. I'd love you to let's get some backstory because you know, no one just lands in the world of integrative psychology just by chance, right? <laughs> so I'd love to, what is it? What is it that drove you to study specifically integrative psychology over any other medium as well? You know, what's your story? What led you to that point and led you to where you are right now, where you have this incredible business that not only helps other coaches heal, but helps other coaches heal other coaches and other people as well? Yeah, so it's an interesting story. I come from a really dysfunctional, abusive household. And my dad was an energy healer, spiritual teacher. Right. And behind the scenes, he was abusing us all. And so I got put right into this situation that was such a mind twist, right? Of like, how could this person mm. teaching these amazing things, but hurting us at the same time? And so it was really challenging once I started to see the complexities of what was going on in my family. And so I kind of left home at a young age and started seeking spiritual like um, philosophy and understanding to be like, how does somebody get like this? You know, like I, I questioned everything, like how mm. can I be this and be that? And I remember picking up the Tao Te Ching at like 
16 years old and being like, okay, like there are so many things that I want to understand so that I could find my own peace internally. And I went on a spiritual path and then ended up in California in the Bay Area, which is like the Mecca of, of philosophy and, you know, new thought leaders and, you know, Berkeley's out there and, you know, people are really forward thinking there. And so I went down the rabbit hole and I found my school and I found, you know, a place that finally felt like, oh my gosh, these people speak my language. Like mm. I've been my whole life to find a community that spoke this language, but also to find healing that I needed to have a life that felt good for me. And it was a very long process of doing healing work and overcoming the trauma that I had been through as a child. And in turn, I knew that, you know, the people that served me, there was a one therapist in particular, she went to my school that I landed upon. That's how I found my school. Yep. And I'd been to many therapists and I always felt worse coming out. Like, wow, I really am broken. You know, they want to medicate me. They want to, you mm -hmm. know, it, it made me feel broken. And when I left her for the first time, I remember like driving away from her house and feeling a sense of wholeness that I never felt in my life before. Like it was like I came back into my body. She And she practiced somatic work and yep. she practiced therapy, but she integrated it. And so I was like, whoa, like whatever she did, this is what I want to do with my life. Yes. <laughs> That's how I, I came upon what I do. It's an incredible, it's an incredible journey and story. And it's, I mean, just goes to show how much we experience in our life shapes the decisions that we make. But what is it that made you in that moment, not only because you said, you know, that obviously you sought out the support from this particular therapist to help you. And so what is it that you think that made that moment become not, this is amazing, oh my gosh, this is going to help me so much, but also this is amazing, it's going to help me so much, and now I want to help other people. What do yeah. you think it was about that? Because a lot of, you know, it's not necessarily a usual response is, you know, people that are in immense amount of pain as well, a lot of the time I see, you know, they're like, this is relief for me, but for you it was, this is relief for me and now I need to use this. Yeah, I think that for me, it was like, oh my gosh, this has the power to take the person that I was and open up into this space that I felt for the first time. Like, how could I not? How could I not want to give this gift and share this gift to other people that have been through situations like I have? Like, I, I'd be selfish mm. not yeah. to want to give this back. Right. Oh, I love that perspective. That's a real, I mean, that's such a really interesting perspective um, because I see a lot of people that want to get into the coaching industry and they're so, they're like really stuck in that space of, can I do this? Am I going to be good enough? And you had that real perspective of it would be selfish for me not to do this. That's powerful, Melissa. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you, and I guess I'm a big mouth too. Like when I find something that works, I want to tell the whole world about it naturally. It's like, I can't not, I want to shout it from the rooftops when something works for me. It's like, Hey, look, look, look at this, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And so obviously at that point in time, you experienced some incredible healing yourself and you went on to study and then what happened after that? So you studied, you know, you've, you're now an integrative psycho, they call them psychologists or psychotherapists? Psychotherapists. Psychotherapists. So you're an integrative psychotherapist. What happens from there for you? Well, I worked in the system for a long time because you have to in order to get licensed. And I would go into, like I was a school counselor for a bit and I worked in a community clinic and I would come out even more depressed. And I'm like, this is hopeless. Like spending 30 minutes a week with a child without getting to see their parents and all this pressure to help them change. I'm like, this is not working. And I would sit in my car and be like, this is like hopeless. Like, what am I doing? I know, you know, I had little moments of feeling like good, but mostly I wasn't feeling good doing that work. And I was Mm -hmm. like, there's gotta be a different way to impact people because it made me realize how broken our mental health system is and Mm how the, the systems that they have in place just they're not really going to create long-term sustainable results for people. And so I have never been one to accept like, this is the only way, you know, like this is how we do it. This is just how mental health is done. And so I really started seeking other ways of showing up, doing what I loved. And I started with a private practice and even that I felt limitations on myself. Like how could I see eight to 10 people a day, five days a week and come home to my kids and not feel like completely exhausted and drained. And then the note taking and all the parameters that are put on you to be a therapist. And I mean, let's be real. Like at the highest, you're at the highest, you're making $250 a client. And so you're still capped in the amount of income that you could make. And Mm -hmm. so I really wanted to expand out of that and felt like I was in a box still on some level. And, you know, a few years later, it took a while, you know, and some investigation and journeying and just life things that I needed to go through. And then I found the online space and I was like, wait a second, there's people out there that have less education and knowledge and experience than me that are making 10 times as much as I am. Yes. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to let them get away with this. I have to do the same thing. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah. So then, you know, becoming an entrepreneur was like my whole and is still my entire new um, learning, right? Like there is so Mm. much to learn in this area because I am a master of my craft, but I am not a master at being an entrepreneur. This is a brand new craft for me. And so the last two years have been really developing myself in areas that I had no knowledge of whatsoever. And this development is continuing. You know, I've spent 20 years developing myself spiritually and psychologically 
but none in business and finances and marketing and all the things that go into becoming a, an entrepreneur. So here I am. <laughs> ready to keep <laughs> Yeah. And it is an ongoing journey, isn't it? I mean, and I think it's important to have that open mind. There's not an, F, there's not a, an end point or a finish line, is there to it? It's, it's an ongoing, I'd love to know what, I mean, two years into the online space and to becoming an entrepreneur and getting, you know, your message out on a, on a bigger level, what have been some of the, I'd love to know what some of the biggest lessons and challenges they've been over the last couple of years for you as you've navigated this new space. Biggest lesson is invest in somebody who knows what they're doing that you don't, don't try and figure it out on your own. Mm. It's a much faster path to get people on your team that can walk you through step-by-step where you want to go versus trying to figure it out on your own. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, it's scary to make that leap and invest in yourself in that way. And I remember investing in my first business coach and it was like the biggest investment I ever made in myself. And I was so scared because, you know, I'm a single mom and it's not like I had the money to invest. Mm. And I was like, so scared, but I knew if I didn't do it, I would be stuck where I was because I didn't know how to do what I wanted to do. And I really needed that support. And I'll tell you, I haven't flinched an eye at investing in myself ever since then, because it was the best investment. It took me to the next level of my career and my business. And all the investments after that are the same. And so investing in yourself and your career and your you know, ability to learn how to spread the word of what you're doing to a much bigger audience and how to do that. It's just priceless, honestly. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you on that. I think a lot of um, a lot of women that have created some level of success in their business and their online space particularly will attest to that, that inv- investing in someone who knows what they're doing and can teach you is absolutely paramount. What about some of the challenges? What have been some of the challenges that you've, you know, you feel like you've come up against over the last couple of years that have been testing at times? Yeah. Um, some of the challenges for me are number one, technology and all the <laughs> Like that is like, it's huge. my friend just taught me how to put a light in my room. So like at night, I'm like, I don't know any of this stuff. I'm such a like simple person and not technology oriented. So it's like getting with the times, that kind of stuff is really challenging. Mm-hmm. Instagram, Facebook, like really bringing myself up to date. I'm kind of like old school and old fashioned in that way. And so I noticed there's a huge gap between me and, you know, these 30 year old coaches that are coming online and they have the branding and the, you know, the colors and the, all the stuff, right? So that kind of stuff is, has been definitely challenging. And then something else that really challenges me is watching people that really don't know what they're doing thrive because they know that part of it. And I'm like, yes, that frustrates me so much because I'm like, wait a second, where's the integrity in this? Like these are people that really have no clue how to support other people in a way that's safe and that has integrity. And yet 
They know how to market themselves and brand themselves. And so mm-hmm. they become these big hits just on the, you know, on the selling, like whatever it's called, like the, the way they're marketing, right? It is the marketing and messaging. It's all how they are able to communicate themselves and the juggernauts that some of them have as well, that they've created, allow them to do that. It's, it's very, very true. And I love that you are very, you have a lot of conviction around that. That's one of the things that I admire about you, Melissa. And one of the reasons I wanted you on the podcast is that you are very um, strong and empowered in your message and you have a lot of conviction around that. And I think it's incredibly admirable and um, because it's not something that comes natural to people because so I'd love you to share a little bit about, I guess, your perspective and how you really stand strong in your conviction around what you truly believe is important when it comes particularly to working, you know, through trauma with people because you are able to, I mean, you, I think your messaging is fantastic, by the way. I mean, you you communicate um, with conviction in a really courageous and brave way. It might not feel like that to you, but it certainly comes across that way. So I'd love to go into that a little bit. Uh, and I know that once people go on and, and check out your social media and, and get to know you, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about. So I'd love to talk a little bit about that because one thing when I talk to people about marketing is is really much very much around um, taking a stand for something that you're really passionate about and being okay with doing that. You do that really well. Help me understand what it is that makes you do that so well. Thanks. I'm like a New Jersey girl. I don't know if you know anything about <laughs> yeah. that, but like we're really feisty and outspoken. Like that's yeah. the culture that I grew up in. So I grew up like as this Jewish Jersey girl. That So it's like natural for me to like be blunt, right? So when I moved to California... I scare people here. Like they're not used to, cause everybody's so politically correct and they're so quiet and you never know what people are thinking. And that scares me to be honest. I'm like, just tell me what you're thinking. I don't care how it comes out. I just want to know, you know? And so I have this like cultural, like inherent, I speak up kind of thing. Like I'm not scared to speak up what I'm feeling, especially when it comes to safety. And since I've been so educated in this area of taking care of people's psyches in the most delicate and nurturing way, what I have seen happening in this space is not that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, you know, it infuriates me, like one of my biggest pet peeves is people that prey on other people's vulnerability. Like I have a zero tolerance for that. It's honestly like like bullying, stuff like that. I cannot, mm. like the Jersey girl comes out and I will hurt you. It's like, it's like no, that's like a no. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's, but it's so common, Melissa. Like it's so common in marketing. I um. You know, this is my interpretation of that aspect, though. I I got an email not that long ago from a lady that I really looked up to in the um, in the online space, another coach, and um, she was sharing. She she was sharing. She was she was in sales mode for a program, and I remember that the headline for the email was something to the effect of, "If you don't open this email, you're going to miss out." Um, on like making a lot of money. And it just, 
and it's it's interesting how we have because there'd been a time I'm sure she would have sent emails like that before that it really didn't feel I was like oh yes I need to have a look at that and then I think for myself as I've also become much more trauma informed myself and I very very passionate about ensuring my clients feel and have a very very safe space whenever we do any work together I saw that email and I was like that's just wrong. It's so wrong to make someone feel like you don't do this, you're basically going to fail. Is that what, that's my interpretation of what you're talking about when it comes to bullying. A hundred percent. And this is how a lot of people were taught marketing. It's like Mm -hmm. an old school mind manipulation, like neuro-linguistic programming used in the worst possible way. It's literally manipulating people's minds. And I am not about manipulation. I believe that we can attract people in a way that's very loving and safe and organic. We don't have to trick people. When we trick people, we're not being nice. Like it's actually not nice. And I get it. Like this is how marketing is taught in a lot of places. And so What's interesting is so many people don't even realize what they're doing is not nice, right? Because they've been taught that way. And a lot of coaches have actually been taught to sell to people that way. It's like, well, if you don't step into this, then you're probably not going to grow. And your fear is holding you back from growing. And it's like, no, like that's just wrong to tell people that, to make people feel like they're going to stay less than or littler than or not enough if they don't step into this package with you. And, you know, that just is something that needs to be stopped in this industry. It needs to be stopped because there's so many vulnerable people that don't catch this kind of stuff and they want so much to make the money, have the healing, you know, show up differently in their lives that they'll do just about anything. And Mm. when you're in that vulnerable space and there's people that are using these kind of hooks to reel you in, um, you end up going through a lot of of tough situations to get where you want to go. And so I feel a real deep calling to support people to know like, that's not the way that you have to learn. That's not the way that you have to start to heal or to change whatever's going on in you. There's a safer way. And that's the trauma-informed way. And trauma-informed means understanding how to show up with integrity and safety and really be able to see and validate people instead of trick them. Yeah. What do you think? I could not agree with you more as well. I feel, and this is a, I'm, this is a generalization and I, I've definitely recognized that. I feel like it's a very masculine way of marketing and selling. And in saying that, I feel like there is a shift, particularly this year that is going on away from this masculine way of doing business um, and not that it's we're moving away from this masculine way and we're moving right into this feminine space, but I feel like there is what's happening is more of a marriage of the two, that there's more of a union that's going on. Do you see that as maybe it's just the circles I'm in, maybe it's that I've switched off a lot from those masculine energies and maybe it's the circles I'm in. So I'm interested whether you're seeing that happen as well. 
I'm definitely seeing that. And I feel like mm-hmm. I've really gathered so many incredible souls that are in my space and in my circle that really feel just as determined as I do to make these changes in the world. And it's not just in our industry, but across all industries, the ways that companies are run and that Mm. sales are done, a Mm. lot of it is masculine and it's old school and it's not really honoring individuals. It's not really honoring the emotional realm. It's Mm. just really unhealthy manipulation. And so I do believe there's a big shift going on Mm -hmm. in the world right now. And I think that there has to be, because just like I said, the mental health system Mm. isn't healthy, neither is our business models in, you know, in the world. And so we have to shift all the systems. We're looking at a world that's breaking down, whether we like it or not, right? Absolutely. Yep. Without a doubt. And so we need upgrades in all the systems and all the areas. And I really believe that business will be done in a more feminine or, you know, balanced way, a masculine, feminine, balanced way that's healthy, not harmful. That's, that's the vision I'm holding. Yeah. And I love that vision too. And I'm right with you alongside that as well. Um, I'm very, very passionate about empowering women to find their own unique way of expressing themselves and creating their business by honoring the truth of who they are. And, um, yeah, and I love that. So I'd love to know what it looks like for you then. What does it actually look like for you? So I want to, I want to go like very pointed into when it comes to, you know, selling because you do, I mean, you've got incredible programs, you've got your safe space trauma certification, which is absolutely incredible. So when it comes to actually selling, like the nuts and bolts of selling that program, what's important for you when it comes to selling that program in a way that isn't manipulative and that really is, you know, honoring that emotional aspect of each individual? Yeah. So just for example, the difference would be if somebody said to me, you know, I'm not really sure this feels really scary. And I don't know if I could make these payments. I want to talk to my family about it. I wouldn't push them and go, oh, well, if you don't do this, what's the price, you know, or if you, I would go, I really get that. And how can I support you to help your whole family make a decision that feels best for Mm. everyone? Right? So it's Mm. like on their side versus pushing them off the cliff. It's like, let me stand next to you and hold your hand and see how I could support you versus let me push you off the cliff and I guarantee I'll help you fly, but first I'm going to push you off the cliff. That's not okay. Yeah, it's a it's a big shift as well. And it's what is it that allows you, do you believe, to be able to have that approach? Because there are a lot of coaches out there that, I have been taught to push and think that's the only way. So what is it in your opinion? Because obviously you have an immense amount of expertise in this area. So, you know, if you were working with other coaches and you could see that those tactics and ha- is something that they would, re- you know, have certainly been relying on, what is it that you see in them that's causing them, do you believe, to sell in that way? And what is it that allows you to sell in a different way? Yeah, I believe, first of all, they don't know that that's wrong. 
A lot yeah. of them don't understand. That's the way that they've been taught. And it does end up making more money. So I'm not going to lie. It's, you know, when we use these kind of tactics, the outcome is probably higher. Mm. And so um, you have to be willing to kind of sit back and know that you might not be moving as quickly if you're not using these tactics. But mm. I feel good at the end of the day. Like I know um, I'm still doing fine. My business is always growing. I feel very abundant. Maybe I'm not doing as well as somebody else that's using these sales tactics, but I'm not willing to, you know, let go of my integrity. And so I have been on the receiving end of that many times in my life. And I really get how that perpetuates somebody's trauma of feeling not enough then supports them to step into feeling enough. It's actually harming to other people to play those sales tactics. Yeah, well, it, tr- it, triggers a, it triggers on safety it's straight away. I mean, again, because I have also been on the receiving end of that and I've you know seen it play out as well and it, it triggers a feeling of being unsafe. So, I mean, my thoughts on that is that when – because as you say, it's like if I know I'm if as as the person that is selling the offer, if I know I'm okay, if I know I'm provided for, if I know I'm safe, then all of a sudden we can come into it with a very clean slate in that interaction, can't we? And then just hold space for that person to make a decision that is right for them as opposed to a decision that is right for us, so to speak. And come from fear. Like I never want to support yeah. somebody to make a decision that comes from fear or feeling less than or not enough. Because again, that's just perpetuating the trauma versus supporting them to feel it. And it also creates a hierarchy in your relationship with your client. So now you're not mm. standing beside them. You're above them. You have this information that they need to have versus, hey, I really want to support you. I want to support you to become empowered. It's more about the coach than the client. And the way that I teach and the way that I've been taught is very client-centered and empowering versus codependent, creating codependent relationships with your clients. I'm not, I'm not the almighty. I never mm. want him to be that with you. I want to show you by being a mirror, what you have inside you, because I don't have the answers you do, right? Absolutely. I love that. I think that's incredibly um, important. And I hopefully the ladies that are listening to this will also breathe a sigh of relief too, because I know when people are coming into the coaching space or they're relatively new in those earlier stages, particularly they tend to feel a lot of pressure that they've got to be the saving grace. Like this person is, it's like, you know, you can impart your knowledge and wisdom and hold space for them, but you don't have to be everything. And I th- hopefully people also feel that pressure start to just, you know, really just, you know, drip off them after what you said as well, that it is just a relationship that is about helping that client and empowering them that you don't have to save them. You don't have to fix them. You don't have to, you know, be everything to them, be all of it. And also you don't have to create a codependent relationship, which I think is absolutely imperative when it comes to coaching. 
Oh, a million percent. It's amazing. I always love seeing the new students in my trauma certification program. When we really start talking about being client-centered and not being a savior, they're mm. just minds are always blown because there's so much responsibility that they feel in coming up with the right answers, constantly, you know, getting back to people and making sure that they feel okay. And versus just going, I get how hard this must be for you. And then shutting up, you know, and letting people feel the emotions that they need to feel in a safe way versus trying to fix them or change them or make them feel better. That's not what a healthy therapeutic relationship looks like, actually. And so I always love when the new students get to take that brick off of their back that they've been carrying for so long and that responsibility, because truly it's not our responsibility as coaches to come up with results for people. It's our responsibility to hold the space for the client to have their results and for us to show up for them and give them a safe place to be able to have the results that they want. But in the end, it's their responsibility to make the change, right? Absolutely. It is. And it's a beautiful lesson to learn uh, for both coach and client as well. I think it's, I think that's a gift that we not only give ourselves, but we also give our clients. Um, I want to take a little bit of a tangent off from what we've been talking about because one of the um, one of the things I know to be true about any coach, whether they're new or they've been in this space for however long, is that at the core they want to help people. We want to help people, like you just said. You you know before you studied, you you know you had that experience with that therapist, and you were like oh my goodness, this is amazing for me and now I need to share this with the world. Similar experience as well. I was exactly the same. That's what has led me down this path of coaching, um, you know, in different fields for the last decade was wanting to help other people. So I know that that's at the core of so many of us as coaches. But in the same space, we're also entrepreneurs too. We're also here and part of that entrepreneurial journey is making money. It is making money. And I have some strong beliefs around how important it is to focus on making money in your business. And one of the core reasons for me is I believe it's so imperative to make it a focus because that's what allows me to continue to help and continue to grow my capacity to help more people. But I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to understand as an online coach who I know is making money in this space, what is that allows you to unionize and juxtapose that strong desire to really help people, but also to make money at the same time? It's not sustainable to help people if you're not really fully supported and abundant in your own life. You could take me as the perfect example of this. For most of my life, I gave so much give, 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 mm. give. And women were like mm. so predisposition to believe that it's about give, 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 put everybody else first. And my kids suffered. I suffered. You know, we didn't have money because I was giving myself to everybody instead of really going, wait a second, like I deserve, you know, to be abundant, to be taken care of, to have more than enough. And so, you know, you see this with therapists, they're completely burnt out with teachers. They're so underpaid. Mm. It's not sustainable to give the way that teachers and mental health professionals give. 
these are the people that need to be cared for the most because Absolutely. they're the most for other people. And yep. so I really had to shift that and go, the more I can make, the more I can give. And it's the absolute truth. The more I'm taken care of, the more I can take care of, right? And so it's it's a mindset shift for sure. And you have to believe that you're worthy of that and that you are somebody who deserves to have full care for yourself, full abundance for yourself, because you are out there helping. And that and, and let's be real, like it's a lot. It takes a lot to support other people through their problems and through their traumas. And if you're not having equal care for yourself, you can't keep going. You will burn out. So you have to make sure you're getting what you're worth. Mm. Yes. And I wholeheartedly agree with you on that as well. And I, it's, 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 for a lot of people, it's quite a big um, and significant shift also to be able to go from that because, as you say, as women particularly, we are give. I mean, we are just in every aspect of our life, we're just continuously giving. And I know that it's a mindset shift, but I'm also aware because of the fact that, you know, you are an integrative psychotherapist, somatic healing is part of it. It's not just a mindset shift. What else do you believe other than the mindset piece really is important for people to work through to be able to be, able to be aware of, um, to be able to change that entire identity? Because it's an identity system. It's not just a belief, isn't it? It's an, it's an identity. But to be able to go, because here you are, you said, giving everything and I made the shift. What is it that you believe helps someone make the shift? Because it's not just the mindset. Yeah. So I know for me, I could speak from my own yep. personal experience. Like I had to really look at, you know, how I was constantly taught that I was in survival mode. It was like, how are we going to do it? Like, there's never enough, like, you know, just constantly being stuck in survival mode will always equate to not having enough, right? And so you need to look at your own survival trauma and fear, and everybody has it on some level. Absolutely, and we do. you can heal that piece, you're never going to put a, I, I say it's like clogging the pipe that was draining you your whole life so that you could actually build up abundance. So where is it in your body that you hold fear that there's not enough or that you're not going to survive? And this is so hard for people sometimes to cognitively understand because mm. they might be like, what do you mean? That's not me. Mm. But when I really go into the somatic experience that people are holding in their bodies, 99.9% .9 of the time, people are living in survival mode. Yes. I wholeheartedly agree. Um, <clears throat> I see it with my clients all the time. And um, it is, it's a, we have been conditioned to be in survival mode our entire lives. And it is a real, it is a real journey to go on that. So I'd love to get, because you are an expert in this space of healing, I would love to get some sort of final thoughts from you around 
a particular phrase that I hear a lot of that I know will help a lot of my audience as well. And I hear time and time again when I do work with um, my clients, the phrase, I thought I dealt with that already. <laughs> I'm sure you hear that as well. I oh thought I dealt with that. I thought I'd already dealt with that. I'd love to get both your personal and also your professional um, perspective on the healing journey and that particular comment, I thought I dealt with that. Yeah, I say that to myself all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Hands up too. We do all the time, don't we? It's human. Because we get something cognitively. And this is what I think a lot of people don't get. So there's a cognitive awareness and understanding of, okay, I understand that this is why I operate the way I operate, right? And so for many years, like I had all these huge spiritual psychological concepts, I got it. I thought I was doing it because I got the concepts. But embodiment is a whole different Mm-hmm. beginning of learning and to embody something you don't just shift overnight so for as long as you've been operating in one way it's going to take that long to re-embody operating in another way and I know that online and this is where I start getting mm-hmm. frustrated and annoyed it's like oh this four-step process and you'll heal your anxiety or my five-day workshop to become abundant Okay, good luck. Like that shit is bullshit marketing. It does not happen that fast. We're constantly a work in process and trauma heals in layers. So maybe you've got a little bit of healing around that. There's always more to go, always more to go. And so when we think we've arrived, we could just sit back and laugh at ourselves. <laughs> yeah. We've arrived. We've arrived in this moment, maybe. But there's so much, there's so much more, isn't there? And it's, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I've done a, a, a lot of healing. I mean, I went through a lot of trauma in my childhood. And so my healing began really from, you know, the age of 10, 11, 12. And it's been an ongoing journey for, you know, almost 30 years um, now as well. And I absolutely held that very strong belief in my mind. Like I've already dealt with that. I've already dealt with that. I've already dealt with that. And I know it's given me a lot of peace to accept that healing is a layered process and it's a journey. And this concept of arrival just doesn't exist. And that that's okay as well. It's absolutely okay. Because I'm not, I think you, you said something a couple of times you're talking about, you know, feeling broken at um, different times with therapy um, as well. And I think what's helped me is knowing I'm not broken. I think that's that has been the underlying piece for me as knowing I'm not broken and if I need to heal something else, that is not a reflection of whether I need to be fixed, whether I'm broken. You know, even the word healing has so many connotations to it, doesn't it? It's like, okay, I've got a wound, we'll stitch it up and we're all good and let's go. Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's got so many connotations, but I know I've found a lot of peace from realizing I'm not broken and therefore whatever healing comes is just what's needed. Yeah. And you know, it's a growth and evolution process. Mm. Like that something's wrong with us. It's if we're not growing, we're stuck period. And so, Mm. you know, when you think you've arrived, then you're really claiming to be stuck because when you're growing, you know, there's always more to, to grow into. Like, does a tree be like, okay, I'm done, right? Like if a tree just said, okay, I'm done. 
I got here, it would just kill over and die, right? And so like for us to think we're any different than any other living being on this planet, that's just silly. And so, you know, I think with like, the way that our system is set up again, it's like you do 12th grade, you do college, okay, you've arrived, you're an yes. adult, set up to believe like, there's a rival, right? When there, there really isn't like growth is an ongoing process. And we can evolve ourselves consistently if we choose to step into that flow of evolution. And I believe disease is when we're not in that flow of evolution, mm. we're not in ease, right? And so we're not in movement, we're stuck, dis-ease. And so if we want to stay free of disease, we need to stay in that flow of growth and evolution constantly. Yes, absolutely. And it's, um, I know that that will put a lot of people's minds at ease as well to just feel like that that is the, that's the natural order. It's the natural order. As you say, I love the analogy of the tree. I'm all about the simple analogies to help people understand, which is amazing. So I'd love to, I mean, this has been an amazing conversation. I, I think I'm going to have to get you back on to go more into the trauma side of things because I, there's so much around that that I know I am absolutely interested in and will help a lot of other people. But I'd love to just get some final thoughts and, um, and words from you that really encompass any advice that you would be able or you'd like to impart today on any coaches out there that are in that space where they're really focused on growing their business. They really want to have that impact, but they also really want to make money for whatever reason. What are, what's, you know, one to two pieces of advice you'd really feel called to share to them today that's going to help them to be able to continue to move forward in their business to create exactly what they want to create? Yeah. So number one would be to really look at your self-worth and your mm -hmm. ability to really own that it's okay to take care of yourself, right? And so if there's anything mm. that's blocking that or anything that you've been taught around that, you really want to look at that before you go into creating a business because you could do all the things, but if you're not literally embodied in your worth, you're not going to have the results that you're looking for and you're going to spin your wheels a lot. And so getting, getting in that place internally is more important than taking action, right? The taking action has to be done, but you want to do the inner work as well. And so that's number one. And then number two would be to really look at the places that you need to grow. And instead of beat yourself up, be gentle and loving with yourself and just mm. be an observer of these places and, and go for it. Instead of creating judgment and hate towards yourself, just look at yourself and say, oh, okay, these are the areas that I feel like I need support with. Go get the support and allow yourself to feel held and hold yourself. Mm. Amazing. I love it. And I, I want to thank you for a phrase that you just said, because it's really helped me understand something on a deeper level just then, because we see everywhere about self-worth, you know, everywhere about anchoring in self-worth and how important it is. And I wholeheartedly agree, but 
Well, the one part that you said that I loved was about feeling worthy, like it's okay to take care of yourself. And that part, it's like, okay, now that's just landed in on a deeper level with me, that that's really what self-worth is about. And I can see how that can transcend into so many different areas when it comes to creating a business. So thank you for, I mean, obviously it just rolled off your tongue, but that I just want to really highlight what you said then, because that will just really resonate for so many people. Because, you know, we talk about, okay, I'm worthy, I'm worthy, but people don't really understand what it actually intrinsically means to be worthy. And at the core, as you say, it's that capacity to see that you're worthy to take care of yourself and how that can manifest into business. So thank you for that. I love it. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Mm-hmm. So I would love for you just in the final moments to share with people how that they can connect with you online because I know people would love to be able to hear more from you and and I highly encourage um, people to go on over and um, follow Melissa on all the social media platforms. So where can people find you? So um, I my website is www.safetraumahealing.com. Yep. I'm also Safe Trauma Healing on Instagram and my name on Facebook, Melissa Lapidus. Beautiful. And we'll link everything up in the show notes as well so that people can make contact with you. So a huge thank you for joining me for today and sharing so much of your beautiful story and your wisdom um, as well with my community and with me as well. I know I've learned something today and I know so many others will as well. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. And we'll definitely have you back on because I want to go more into trauma. I think there's a lot, there is so much with that. And I know it's an entire other conversation unto itself. So I'd love to get you back on. We can go into that. Absolutely. All right, beautiful ladies. Thank you so much for joining us for this podcast episode. And um, we'll see you on the next episode really soon. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of the Soulful Manifesting for Coaches podcast. If you loved this episode as much as I loved recording it for you, then I'd be so grateful if you could take just one minute to rate and review this podcast on iTunes. And if you're like me and you love to help other people, then go ahead and take a moment now to share this episode with one person who you know needs to hear it. And finally, if you're looking for a supportive community of fellow female coaches who just get it, then I'd love to invite you to join the Soulful Manifesting for Coaches Facebook group. Just head to the link in the show notes to join. Okay, beautiful. Now come back and join me same time, same place for next week's episode. Have a beautiful day and remember, dream big baby and have some fun along the way.